Hey, everybody, this is Mark, and thank you. Yes, you, the person who is hearing this right now. Thank you for tuning in to episode 12 of the Hard Rock Core podcast. And today I have another fantastic episode with a great guy who has played with many bands, including Unwritten Law, Murphy's Law, the U.S. Bombs, Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns, and is a key member of Neon Coven. This week, I welcome none other than Ace Von Johnson, who does a lot of great things for Pitbull Rescue Groups. He does voiceovers, he acts, he plays guitar, sings, loves horror, and we talk all things Ace Von Johnson on this episode. You can find the podcast here on anchor.fm slash hardrockcore, as well as on Spotify, iTunes, and many other podcast platforms, and now, same day on YouTube as well. You can message me here through anchor.fm by clicking message on the main page. Let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. Let me know what you want to know about the bands. What do you want to know about me? Ask a question. Leave a comment. Praise me. Punish me. Let me hear from you. You can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has links to all of my socials, including Instagram, Twitter, the Spotify playlist, and YouTube, and all of the podcast information. If you find it in your heart, Please like, follow, and share the Hard Rock Core podcast. And now, to keep it simple, on with the show. Hit it! Mr. Ace Von Johnson. Hey, how are you? Can you hear me okay? I am good. I got a good level on you, and we're ready to roll, man. Cool. Let's go. How how you been, man? How's How's life treating you? Yeah, you know, uh, aside from all the obvious stuff, uh, I don't really have any complaints. Everything's good at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, obvious stuff aside. Right, all the other yeah. crap going on. Yeah, yeah, the uh, apocalypse, right. depending on uh, Armageddon and whatnot. Yeah, how are you? I, I'm doing wonderful up here in the 102-degree weather in Sacramento today. Woof, well, it's like 93 or something like that here in Hollywood. Not, not too bad. How's your pup doing? She's doing very well. She's uh, <laughs> standing, uh, just, <laughs> excuse me, just beside me, wondering. Uh, she doesn't quite understand the concept of uh, phone calls and whatnot, so she just assumes I'm speaking to her, uh, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, she's good. It's good to see your, your pictures and your interactions with her and everything you do for animals out there. That's a cool thing. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a big big part of my life. Actually, uh, later this evening I'm attending a uh, – digital um, comedy event uh, put on by this group called Stand Up for Pits uh, and all the proceeds go to their rescue organization and whatnot. So always trying to be proactive in that arena. Where are they based out of? Because I've seen some of your, your posts online with them. Um, well, Rebecca Corey, uh, who runs it and, and sort of um, created the whole thing, she's a, uh, like a TV personality and a writer and a stand-up comic. And she's here in the LA area, but, um, she tours the event, uh, you know, pre COVID obviously. So, um, I've actually popped in and seen, um, uh, seen her event in the Seattle area and I think Philly somewhere, somewhere, you know, where she was on tour and I was on tour and I just happened to cross paths. So. What brought you to, helping animals in those organizations. Was it something you grew up doing? How did you become so passionate about it? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I, I think as a kid, um, 
my mom uh, started taking me and having me volunteer with her at this, um, it wasn't a homeless shelter, but it was a, a pantry and it was a uh, part of this, um, organization in Northern San Diego. Um, and people would go there and they would see, uh, sort of these caseworkers and then they would send them to us and they would say like, okay, so this is, you know, Jim and Jessica, they've got three kids under five and uh, they're lactose intolerant or whatever. And we would pack a bunch of food and, you know, sundry items and whatever else we had for those specific people. And that was, that was something I did in my um, teens that sort of got me into this sort of mindset, maybe I guess would be where it kind of started. And then when I got older into my twenties, I had my first pit bull and, um, and then, moving forward from there, just sort of learned about what I just kind of referred. Well, that's, it sounds like mom put you in a good direction to kind of give back. So shout out to mom there. Yeah. Yeah. She did a wonderful job. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, that was kind of, I'll, I'll go down the rabbit hole. So I'll kind of stop myself there, but yeah, that's kind of where it started. And then just learning, you know, how they've sort of been, like I said, maligned in the press and, and whatnot, sort of a more recent thing. Whereas, you know, the pit bull type dog um, over the last maybe 20 to 30 years has really become the sort of like uh, focal point for people sort of, uh, I feel like they're vilified way more than um, they, they should be, you know, at the end of the day, they're just a dog. So um, speaking of which actually, she's, I'm, I'm in my little office area and I can hear her doing something she shouldn't be doing. That's um, what they do. I've I've got two dogs myself. They're not pits, but, uh, you know, they're just inside enjoying the uh, AC right now, so they're not soaking up that hot-ass weather outside. Yeah, I'm sure they're nice nice and comfy. They are, man. So, I mean, you've done a lot with the animals, and I applaud that, but the second... I got the email about Neon Coven coming out and, and the track. I'm like, dude, I, I got to talk with Ace because uh, yeah. I, I want to find out about this and find out about, you know, the history. And uh, it, it, from the little taste I've gotten so far, it sounds like a, a little bit of everything you enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely an eclectic group. Um, I think uh, I think what we set out to do we accomplished and then some and it it just it it almost started as a as sort of not not a joke but just sort of like um jacob button and myself and our singer anthony montremano um were all uh on the monsters of rock cruise for um consecutively several years and uh there was a joke about us being the younger guys and we should start a boy band and we you know (laughs) And, you know, and Jacob, um, you know, fronting the Adler band and, and then doing this now, most recently doing this record with McMars for Motley and, and Lineham and whatever else. And then myself, you know, spending nearly 10 years of Faster Pussycat and on my second year here with LA Guns, um, you know, we're known as these sort of like younger guys in these, what are now sort of classic rock older bands, you know, and, uh, and we sort of laughed at it and then got off the boat and went out to dinner and we're like, oh, you know, you know, we all really get along and we all kind of like stuff that people might not expect us to like, you know, I, I, you're, I'm more apt to be listening to, I don't know, the misfits or Oingo Boingo than I am Skid Row or, or whatever. I think people might associate genre wise with the bands I'm known for. And so, you know, discussing our, uh, interest in like nine inch nails and, you know, skinny puppy and 
just all over the place, all of Tim Burton and, um, you know, just random, not even just music, but just art and, um, trying to turn that into a, a mu- musical concept was basically how the, <clears throat> the project started. And, uh, and we did an EP and it did all right. And it, it, it like charted and whatever, it, whatever, I don't even know how these, it, it, it got a little bit of attention and got some radio play and we had, um, a single that did okay, uh, bleeding love. And then, um, we did a, a follow-up EP the next year. And that was the first one was 2017. And then we did another one in 2000, uh, late 2018. And then, uh, we started getting together the end of last year and coming up with new material to do a, for our first full length, um, future postponed, which obviously the title didn't come to us until more recently. Obviously. And, uh, yeah, and here we are, and and I'm happy to say I c- uh, contributed three um, pieces of music to the record, and and it's really great. It's really what I like is that it's eclectic. You know, some of my favorite albums are are uh, diverse uh, musically. I don't want to hear the same song ten times in a row. I mean, you know, it works for a lot of people. You know, ACDC and whatnot, but uh, you know, like uh, the Clash is London Calling. If you listen to that record cover to cover, it still sounds like the Clash, but every song is completely different. You know, there's ska and jazz and punk and a little bit of reggae. It's all over the place. And I, and I always appreciated that where each song kind of stands on its own, tells its own little unique tale. Doesn't just sound like the exact same band over and over song over and over. And so, uh, I like, obviously you haven't heard the record in full, but I love that every song on this album that comes out in the fall sounds like not a different band, but there's like each song is like, okay, that's the typo negative song. Okay. And that's the, uh, uh, Boingo Boingo song and then that's the like uh, Richard Marks 80s dance song okay and then there's the Oingo Boingo track you know what I mean it's like it's diverse so, um, which is something I haven't exactly been able to uh, experiment with too much previously so I'm, I'm excited about it and happy to have, uh, you know be happy to be a part of this is where I'm going with this that's that's really cool and you mentioned the title you know you look at i'm sure we're going to see a lot of this play on words and in, in the current state because you guys have future postponed enough's enough just put out brainwashed generation there's a lot yeah. of things happening out there i was just talking with uh elias from nonpoint and uh he was talking about you know the next album is going to have a lot of a lot of relativity to what's going on now and murder hornets and all that crazy stuff um, yeah, I, I think it'd be hard to ignore, you know, uh, the global landscape with everything that's going on, whether it's murder hornets or COVID or politics. And I'll just underscore that and walk away from it and, you know, whatever else. And so, um, you know, I mean, I guess if you're a band that just sings about bubblegum stuff, it, it might be okay. But for most of us, myself included, you know, as, a, as an artist, it's like, how, how can you, how could you ignore <laughs> What <laughs> like this pending Mad Max, uh, you know, Road Warrior era we're entering, as it feels like to me sometimes. See the tweets going back and forth with you and D and Tracy and Bjorn and Phil. Is that real or is that internet talk? Oh, I would love it if that was a real thing. I think that's just internet pillow talk. You know, <laughs> I I texted Tracy and I, I was like, "Hey, bro, I think we're in a band with D Snyder today." You know, just, <laughs> I would work with anyone if it's someone that I appreciate and respect and it's not just D Snyder or whatever, but just, um, anyone that I'm a fan of and that's, excuse me. And that's, that's a lot of, that's a huge spectrum. Um, you know, I mean, going from 
you know, I mean, I listen to all kinds of stuff, you know, it could be beach boys, could be NWA, but, uh, you know, and, and the way things are, I've actually, you know, starting the conversation, like how I'm doing, it's like, I've, I think I've recorded more music in the last six months than I have in like probably three years. So, um, partially because of the, uh, scenario we're all dealing with, but you know, if someone said, Hey, uh, you know, we're going to do this song or we're going to do this album, or do you want to be a part of this? I just, yeah, absolutely. What it was like, cool. Like, you know, if it's someone I'm a fan of, you know, obviously I'm already in a band with Tracy and, uh, Phil and I have been friends for ages. Um, Verone, I mean, and then D I don't really have a rapport with D other than online. I mean, we've maybe met a couple of times, but you know, if he was going to do a project, uh, my answer would obviously be yes. Um, or if it was a song or if it's just a, a funny little Twitter goof, you know, it's still fun to engage in, the, in those kind of conversations. So who knows? I, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's ever going to be a, a D Snyder all-star jam and I'm sure they could get more qualified people too. And Bjorn's a great guy too. I see him all the time. at the He's Rainbow. awesome, man. He's a, he's a great guy. Great. Yeah. Super cool guy. Great look. Uh, I love, you know, what he does with the Dio thing and everything. And so, you know, I don't know. I, you're, I'm kind of the wrong guy to ask, but at this point, you know, I'm mostly aside from guesting on people's um, records as I've been doing all year. Aside from that, I'm just trying to focus on uh, the next LA guns record. And then this neon coven LP. Well, going back to Neon Coven, and you, you mentioned a lot of different bands that, you know, you draw inspiration from. If you had yeah. to go back and think about albums from your childhood growing up, like your top three to five, which five albums would you say have influenced Neon Coven the most? Oh, wow. Um, you mean for us as a whole or for me? For you. Neon Coven? For, for, for um, Ace Vaughn. Hmm. Whoa, I'm trying to think what I definitely up right out of the gate is killing joke nighttime. Nice. Um, that record is just, I probably put that on and I'm like a, a casual record collector and, uh, I have that record on my turntable at least once a week. Um, yeah. So killing joke nighttime, I'm going to say Oingo Boingo dead man's party. I'm just trying to think what I bring, bring in going in there. Um, uh, I, I don't, I would say Rob Zombie. Um, one of the, one of the three tracks, um, I went in with, or at least riffs, I should say, or parts or half of a song was definitely meant, meant to sound like a Rob Zombie kind of song. And, uh, let's see, I don't know. What was that? Three record three. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Pretty Hate Machine, for sure. That record's sort of been in my peripheral since I was about 13. I, I so, love that record. Yeah. I love his his hunger and anger on that record, just starting out and doing, you know, being a bedroom, a bedroom band, basically, doing it himself was just inspiration. Yeah, yeah, that first, that record, uh, the broken EP, and then uh, Downward Spiral for me is, is just, and that was all kind of coming out. Obviously, the first two records um, I was uh, were when I was before my time, if you will. But I remember when um, Downward Spiral was, you know, like out and new and all over the, you know, closer was on MTV every day. And uh, there's just something undeniable about the intensity that Trent Reznor had in that era, and uh, and definitely one of my uh, biggest influences going into a project like this. Um, just as a musician. 
Well, I, I look forward to hearing more on this album, but you've also done a lot of voiceover stuff. Yeah, uh, I dabble. <laughs> I dabble you in dabble. the video world. Yeah, uh, I try to wear a man of what is it? A man of many hats, a, a master of none, jack of all trades, whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, so I do uh, a bit of VO here and there. Um, same thing with the music. I've actually done more voiceover work in the last six months than I've done in a few years. And um, I've got a few shows that are on Netflix that feature my voice. Um, I'm a on the third season of Money Heist, uh, background characters and whatnot. And then I'm the uh, lead character's boyfriend named named Pierre uh, on a, a series called Marianne. Um, and uh, and these are uh, dubbing jobs. So they're 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 foreign they're foreign series that they acquire that Netflix acquires. And they dub into English, and then they bring me in to sort of voice one of the characters. And then most recently, uh, about two weeks ago, a series called The Woods uh, came out and that's sort of a murder mystery show. And I'm actually, I think I'm in every episode, if not most of them. Um, and I play a character named Boytek and this sort of nerdy, cheapish camp counselor. And, you know, I don't want to give it away, but you see this whole progress in my character. So I get darker and darker and sort of tone and, and whatnot. And then a lot of the stuff I do, I'm, I'm a official spokesperson for this FBIC company and I do like a lot of their webinars, just, just work, you know? So, it's been nice to be home and not touring and still be able to sort of function and work and do other projects and whatnot besides just solely relying on touring and traveling the world to uh, make ends meet, you know? Well, you know, interestingly enough, when everything shut down, you know, as you start doing all this other stuff and you've been doing more music in the past six months, more voiceovers, that also kind of cements your future as not just being one dimensional, you've got, you've got, you've got a lot of facets going on here and you're getting to explore a little bit more of it as well right now, which can brighten your future and widen, you know, wide open for you. That's, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. I mean, like, um, ideally I don't, I don't want to tour, um, indefinitely, even post COVID, if you will, whatever the future is, or maybe, um, you know, I, I would like to, I, you know, I'll never not play music, but, it's way more interesting for me to do, um, how do I word this? It's way more interesting for me to do songwriting projects and guest, you know, guest on someone's album and be creative than just play the same 14 songs, six nights a week of whatever project, you know, whether it's Pussycat or Elegons or whatever band it is. Uh, you know, there, there is a bit of, um, it gets mon mundane after a while. And so, um, and, and, and I love it, but you know, I've also been touring full time for 17 years, you know, it's a lifetime. So, um, you know, looking forward, I, I'm just trying to do as much as possible. And then a lot of the stuff I've played on this year, a lot of which isn't even out yet, uh, is, is, is pretty diverse. Um, I played on the new Tiffany album, you know, like I think we're alone now, Tiffany. Nice. And, um, I played on a song that will be out, I think in the fall from the 69 eyes. And which is a sort of Finnish goth rock band. That Love really that band. There. That last album. Yeah. Holy crap. Oh, did you get uh, a West End, right? Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, if you have the deluxe CD, I don't know. There's all these variations of it, but one of them comes with a 30 year documentary on the band and it's narrated by me. Yes. And yes. So, yeah. That, if you watch that, that's my, that's me narrating it. It's like uh, 30 years of 69 eyes. <laughs> that whole thing. And, um, so I played on a song with them and then, uh, I did a song 
a cover of the damned neat, 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 um, by a younger band called the relapse symphony, um, out of the Northeast, sort of like a black veil brides kind of, uh, genre wise. So I did the song with them. Uh, I used to be in a band called the U S bombs, this like sort right. of punk rock band. Okay. And so, uh, the singer and the, the other four members of the band had a big falling out. And so the singer got an entirely new lineup. And then the rest of the band started another band called the UX bombs, the United X bombs, like all the former members. Oh. And so I played on their new record and that comes out in a month. They actually just, uh, announced pre-sale today. And so, you know, to go from some street punk band, uh, to Tiffany, to Elegance, to Six and Eyes, to whatever else, you know, there's a little bit of a eclectic, eclecticness there. And, uh, and I like that. And then neon coven, you know, which sounds nothing like anything, any of the other stuff I just, you know, aforementioned and, and I like that. And I'd like to continue, you know, someone said, Hey, we've got this jazz song. You want to try, you know, have a go at it. I'd be like, sure. Why not? You know? So a little more interesting than just. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of everything. And then, you know, with the voiceover stuff, I'm just trying to do that, pursue it as much as possible. And, and my, my goal with that is really, I want to do animation. I want to do uh, character voices and whatnot. So we'll see what happens. Right on. And and what's next for neon covenant? What, uh, how long until we get another video or single out from y'all? Oh, soon. Okay. So we are doing a streaming concert in roughly 13 days. So, uh, the 20, I think the 24th. Um, so we'll be doing a, a quick little 30 to 40 minute set, uh, streaming through the, uh, fine folks at the monsters of rock, uh, cruise, um, outlet, which they just did the LA guns one, right. I think enough's enough and a couple other bands. And actually I don't, well, I don't want to say anything, but I know a couple other, uh, bigger bands that are sort of outside of the, just sort of monsters of rock genre, uh, that they've got coming up. Uh, one is a big nineties alternative act. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, they're one of my favorite bands from that era. And the guitar player is a buddy of mine. He called me last week to sort of powwow. He'd like asked me how it went. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, uh, so yeah, so neon coven will be doing a streaming gig and, and it'll be free. And then our next single hasn't been announced publicly, but that will be out within the month. Um, I think we're going to announce the artwork and the title, um, uh, within the week, I think next weekend. And, um, and it's another sort of dancey poppy, uh, you know, can't be pigeonholed genre wise. And then I think after that, the third single, I think will be something a little more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of, um, you know, uh, modern rock sort of, uh, more, a little more normal. I don't know what the word I'm looking for would be, but a little less, uh, a little less maybe electronic. Um, and then, but like I said, you know, the album's really eclectic. It's all over the place. So, and I think we've picked out the first word cause we're just going to keep putting out a single every three to four weeks until the album comes out in the fall. And so we've picked five or six of them and they're all kind of stand on their own, but they all do sound really different. So, um, I think the, the goal is to sort of wet everyone's whistle with a bit of the sort of, um, more contemporary poppy electronic, uh, you know, I don't even know what the genre is. Dark wave nonsense. And then, um, Bob and weave between that and, and a couple of rock songs as well, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all still a bunch of rock and roll guys too. That's cool. Are you familiar with Julian K? 
I am, yeah. I mean, you should hook up with Amir. I mean, you guys aren't far apart down there and, and like, collaborate. Cause I know he, you know, they're always busy doing stuff, but, I mean, he's always doing collaborations with people and trying to network and build that stuff up. And I think you guys' sounds would be very compatible down there. Yeah, you know what? I think you're, I don't think you're the first person to actually suggest that either. I think we were just talking about them uh, and uh, Amir and the Orgy connection, actually, right. uh, not, not too long ago. That's an interesting topic there. Yeah. Uh, not a bad, not a bad idea. I mean, at this point it's like, you know, who knows? Um, as far as writing, I think, you know, we would probably keep everything in house, especially with Jacob's rapport, um, and whatnot. Cause he does, that's basically his day job is writing music, but, uh, it would be cool to do some shows or, or, you know, or who knows what the future holds, you know, right. if there are even concerts <laughs> anytime soon you know I, not, I'm not holding my breath at this point I'm, I'm pretty much expecting that everything to be kind of how it is at least until close to summer of next year so yeah we'll I, see. I agree with you would be, that would be cool to hook up with them or a couple other bands as well yeah definitely man but uh, I appreciate your time today man and talk with me definitely uh, enjoy everything you have to offer and I, I get one last question for you if that's okay sure yeah. Yeah, yeah of course Mark thank you what's your favorite horror franchise your favorite scary movie franchise what's your go-to oh franchise um i guess if it has to be a franchise like a series the first thing that comes to mind and and the and it's not you know it's a hard question for me because i'm such a horror movie fan uh i'm gonna go with nightmare on elm street because you get a little bit of everything i mean the first film definitely sort of set the bar for a lot of things to come. Uh, it also, um, aesthetically, there was a lot of stuff like the Johnny Depp death. Right. And the, the girl in the body bag dragged down the school hall. There was a lot of stuff that was sort of like new, you know, like in, in visually in horror that, that, that movie did. Um, and I, and I'm going with that movie also because I like a bit of, um, schlock i like humor um and which I, the 80s had in 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 spades um you know with movies like return of the living dead and critters and creep show and night of the comet everything was sort of tongue-in-cheek and i like that um and then you know if we're talking about franchise a lot of the you know hellraiser which i love the first three entries beyond that i could care less whereas nightmare i feel like i got at least a good four five six movies that i for their own unique reasons I enjoy. Uh, same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I love the first two films and then they kind of lost me. Um, you know, the original, not the remakes. I mean, right. and, uh, and, and, and the same thing with Halloween first three, uh, I really loved. And then after that you lost me and same thing with Friday. And I actually just watched all the Friday the 13th, maybe when COVID started. So March or April and, uh, and a lot of great kills, but it's basically the same movie and over and over again. It's like, oh, the mask, walking around, mute. It gets a little redundant. Whereas, like, Freddy's like, you know, welcome to primetime, bitch. You know, he's got he's got a, a line for everything, and I always appreciated that. And the, and the visuals, like the, well, I think it was four, or three or four, where the girl's caught. She's turned into a roach. She's yeah, on the roach yeah. motel, and he smushes her. And, you know, the you know, where he turns the guy into a marionette. There's just visually all these things that ha- hadn't been done before, and I appreciate that. So I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And by the way, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street house from the first film is uh, walking distance from me. It's about a mile from here. Nice, right off dude. Of Sunset. 
it's over. It's over. It's about two blocks over from Guitar Center Hollywood. Very freaking cool, man. Very freaking cool. And appreciate your answer as well. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What about what? What, what would your uh, go-to franchise be? I think if I had to narrow it down to the one, I, I probably have to go with uh, Friday the Thirteenth. And again, until it gets to, you know, I think it was uh, maybe five or six where it was all of a sudden the ambulance driver. It wasn't Jason anymore. You know, yeah, it was a different, when they yeah. started doing that stuff, I'm eh, not so much, but you know, Kane Hodder's great. You got to love that guy. You know, when Absolutely. He, he took that I, I role. Do love, I do love takes Manhattan very much just because again, it's schlocky. It's like the funnier one of the, the series. Right. You know, th- th- I watch a lot of, like weird stuff too. There's one from like 10 years ago, uh, not a franchise, but called house of the devil, which is a cool. Oh yeah. I think know, I saw that, you know, kind of a throwback. It produced made like 10 years ago, but it's a throwback to the eighties, you know, horror. Yeah. Movies. It, is the cover art like a house on fire? Is that what it looks like? Yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. I have seen that. So I like catching the, the odd, odd, you know, ones out there used to raid, you know, they don't really exist anymore, but old uh, DVD stores and things like that for just those rare things like that. But they kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. But they're still out there somewhere. Yeah, garage sales, find them on Craigslist or whatever. But yeah, I like finding those <laughs> cheesy ones like that. Yeah, same, same. Some of my favorites are the, the, the terrible ones. Right, man. But look, dude, in, enjoy your Saturday. Uh, you know, enjoy your... Uh, you're, there's a benefit tonight. I think you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna tune into that. The stand up for Pitt uh, online comedy smorgasbord thing. Awesome, awesome. Man. Yeah, thank you again, Mark. Appreciate Not it. Not a problem, me. dude. Take care of yourself. All right, you too. All right, Take care. Bye bye. Special thanks to Ace Von Johnson for joining me today for episode 12 of the Hard Rock Core podcast, where we talk many things, Ace Von Johnson, as well as his new project, Neon Coven, which actually isn't so new, but to some of you, it may be. Thanks for listening, and you can find me online at hardrockcore.net, which has all of the links for all of the socials, and I hope you connect with me there as well. If you made it this far, thank you again. If you like what you've heard, please like, share, and follow the podcast. Stay safe, stay true. Tell your family and friends you love them, give them a hug, and have an awesome day.